Okay, so we wanted to uh, finish off here the first uh, topic of the education series, which um, coincides nicely with the finale of our uh, chemotherapy. Well, my wife's chemotherapy. Alright, so we'll finish it all at once. With this, let's go back to our kasha, which was. What's with Olam um, Haba? Isn't Olam Haba an external motivation? Right? And as such, doesn't it run the danger of corrupting our internal motivations? Right? That was in the first point. And the second point we had was that as an external motivation, it's not just going to be more restrictive and not do as good a job, as the Chobah says explicitly, but it also leads to a life of misery. Right? As we saw in our... Uh, so the corruption idea we saw in our Masha with the kids throwing the rocks at the store in the first year, and the second point of, uh, the second point of it being miserable, we saw with the plane ride muscle, right, that, that it doesn't matter how big your paycheck is, it doesn't stop you from being miserable along the way. And just to, to deepen that point for a second, which is really what we're going to get into a little bit in uh, education too, is that you have needs. We have certain things that we need out of life in order to be uh, happy, to be satisfied, to lead fulfilled uh, lives. We have psychological needs that are no less important psychologically than physical needs are to the body, right? So like hunger, uh, you know, you're, you're not, there's no way to argue with it. There's no way to paycheck you out of eating. So, so too, there's certain things we need psychologically, emotionally, that also I can't paycheck you out of. So if you're not receiving those things, you're going to be miserable because also you wish you'd never been born. It's going to be a negative. You know, then your net experience will be negative, will be worse than no experience. Right? Like we said last time, because you're starving yourself. So we can do that for short periods of time, right? Like I'll take a paycheck to not eat for a day or two if it's enough money. But there's only so long I can do that, no matter how much money you add. Right? I'm, not, I'm not going to... Uh, without food for two weeks even if you're paying me millions of dollars because it's not possible right that is uh right food and drink you know, all you water fast people are going to be uh making comments okay eating or drinking for two weeks i'll be dead right or, or seriously uh injured right i can't do it so 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 too so Olam Haba, doesn't matter how awesome Olam Haba is uh, it can't do the job of making your life worthwhile okay? it can't and any idea that you had that that's what it is or that's what it's supposed to do is partially false. Not only will it not make your life worthwhile, but overly focusing on it will make your life a living hell. Okay, a life of Torah mitzvot that's, that's focused on Olam Haba is a life of misery. Okay, there's no question that we have to construct a relationship with Torah mitzvot that fulfills us in our lives now. Right? They need to be, it needs to be a full and enjoyable and fulfilling and satisfying life presently uh, in order for it to do that otherwise it's a life of misery and it will fail okay there's no question so when Chazal talk about don't be like a right? they're not being mean or yelling at you you know how dare you think about the paycheck you know what you owe Hashem they're helping you like always they're helping you they're telling you listen don't do it don't do it not worth it don't do it you're setting yourself up for failure Right, for a restricted motivation that will make you miserable and ultimately lead to failure. That's not a way to live. Live a life of the year of That's, That you can construct 
uh, that life satisfyingly, and how you do that is what we're going to discuss in the next uh, in the next topic. Right? What are the points you have to hit uh, in the lifestyle that you construct that we're going to uh, talk about next time? Start that up next week. Okay, that was our point. So our question then is, so what is it then? What is Elamaba? What is its function? If it's not meant to be there as an incentive, so what is its function? Right, that is our, uh, that's our question. So the, so to, uh, to answer this question, I want to take a look at the topic of uh, salary. Right, getting a paycheck for a job, um, because to some extent, uh, it is, uh, you know, parallels are, uh, are a voda and a lamaba. We talk about it as schar. So let's use that as a model and discuss different relationships that people have with their paychecks. And maybe we'll be able to find a model there that'll fit and help us get a handle on uh, how to relate to Olamhaba and what it's meant to do for us. So there are three basic relationships with salary that you can have. Uh, three basic uh, um, ways to see your paycheck. So the first is as incentive, which is the way that we've been describing up until now. And uh, like we pointed out, that's extremely limited. Uh, it's extremely limited, which is why you don't have like long-term careers out of flipping burgers, right? Because that's a job that does nothing for you. And you're literally only there in a paycheck. You can do that as a teenager, but not a long-term plan for anybody normal. Uh, unless they have really full lives outside of work, in which case they might be able to do it, but depends how many hours they're working or not. So that's as an incentive, which we know we can't use for Olamhaba. So there's two other ones that we can speak about. Number one is the way that we pay Kolo people. Okay, people that are learning and teaching, there's an iser to pay people for teaching Teresh So we can't pay Rebbe's uh, for doing that. Let's have a good Gemara Rebbe. Can't pay him for teaching Teresh It's an iser. Right. So what do we do? But they get paychecks. Why? Because they have bills to pay. And if they would have to be paying their bills, they'll have to go get jobs. And they won't be able to come and teach our children Gemore. So what do we do? We give them money to pay their bills, to free them up, to be able to come in and teach our kids Gimore. So we're not paying them for the teaching of Gimore. We are paying their bills to facilitate their ability to come and teach Gimore. Okay? That is the way that we relate to that particular paycheck. And uh, enough Camino, um, of the two perspectives, other than just being like word games, like, oh, so, so if you're paying him for teaching, uh, for teaching uh, Torah difference is, is, is that, let's say for myself, uh, if I teach more classes, I don't get any more money for teaching more classes. And that's like, oh, but now I'm teaching twice as many classes before. I should get a higher salary. It's not. Right? But I had more kids, and now I have more bills. I do get more money. Why? Because the purpose of the money was to allow me to take care of myself and my family so that I can be freed up to come to you and teach. Okay? That is... Um, that is what it is. So there is a relationship. It, we, we kind of uh, uh, de-salaried the salary. It's not really a salary anymore. It's a facilitator. It's an incentive. It's a facilitator. It facilitates my ability to be here. That's what that money does. Now, Olam Haba is not really going to be 
able to, right? That particular relationship is not going to work for Umhaba because Umhaba is not paying your bills. We do have such an idea in the second paragraph of Kriyashma where we talk about Hashem, you're doing the right thing, Hashem providing rain and, um, and all that kind of stuff that we have such an idea. And the Mepharshim explained that that's not chas v'shalom receiving schar for your mitzvahs, you're not getting paid for, for, the, for the mitzvahs in Torah uh, that you did, uh, but with rain and food for your beasts, that would be uh, horrendous, right? Wouldn't be anything that we'd be interested in and investing in. So, uh, instead we, uh, we, uh, are getting rain and these things to facilitate our ability to do the right thing. Right? This is that's the way some Mafarshan explain what the rain is for. All the rain and beast food and all that stuff is gives us the ability to continue to do the right thing by having everything taken care of. Whereas if there would be drought and, and all that other kind of stuff, we would have to be running around getting food and water and beast food. Uh, we wouldn't be uh, freed up to continue uh, to serve Hashem in full. So that paragraph and that idea we can relate to the incentive uh, Gemara Rebbe salary idea. Okay, but the Mahaba Neto is not going to work for that. Okay, so there's a third way that people relate to salary, um, which is as follows salary can also be a form of uh, recognition of value. Okay. The salary that I receive can be something that's beyond the money uh, aspect of it. It's related to the money aspect of it, but that's not really what it's about. The money is no longer like a siba, it's a simon. Okay, it's like um, the money's not there as being commensurate with the work that I'm doing. Whereas if I do more work, I get more money, even if that might be true. The money is a symbol of my value to the company, okay? It's a recognition that, uh, that I'm, I'm doing something that matters, right? It's a recognition that I matter to this company and that I am a person of value vis-a-vis the company. And being paid more uh, is an indication that my value has increased. It's not a, it's not a, a matter it's not externally like the work that I do earns a certain amount of money, okay? Like flipping burgers, right? Flipping burgers is, uh, it's the number of hours that I flipped burgers. As I'm fixing toilets, it's the number of toilets that I fixed that earns the money. One fixed toilet, nets me $2,000, right? Eight hours flipping burgers, nets me, um, I don't know what minimum wage is now, but like 50, 60 bucks, whatever it is. I don't know what minimum wage is. So it's an external thing. It's the amount of time that I put in or the amount of, uh, of, of things that I actually adjusted or changed, right? People that work on commission, the number of sales that I make, all those things, those are external. So the money is really related to the work uh, directly, right? More work, more money, less work, less money. That is, an, uh, that is paycheck more in the realm of incentive. Here, I'm personalizing it. I'm internalizing the salary, okay? The salary is not saying something about the work that I'm doing directly. The salary is saying something about me and the employer's or the company's relationship with me as a person. The salary is an indicator that I'm a person of value to them. 
that the company values me, that they think I'm important, they've recognized me in some way. When I get a, um, it's like getting a promotion. When you get a promotion, on the one end, yeah, you're going to make more money, and that's awesome, right? But think about getting skipped over for a promotion. It's the the hurt that comes is not solely because you're not going to be making more money, okay? Because that's that's bad, but it's not bad, bad. What it is is that the company didn't recognize you. They didn't see you. You're doing a good job. How could they pass you up for that promotion? You've earned it. How do you earn a promotion? It doesn't make any sense. You earn your paycheck. You don't earn a promotion. You do a good job at your job because that's your job. But you do a really good job at your job. You expect that promotion. Why? Because the promotion acts as a form of recognition of value. Showing, hey, you matter. You're important to us. Right? You've demonstrated that you're valuable to this company and we're going to respond with a promotion or a, or a salary uh, increase or a bonus or whatever it's going to be. That is us responding uh, to you. You've been recognized and identified as something that we want, that we need, that we like, that we're into. That's what the salary can do. Okay. So this is a third function of salary. Not as incentive and not as... Uh, facilitator like the cola check this is uh, an entirely different thing and here I believe um, we could find a way to relate to Olam Haba uh, in this uh, structure right following this model that what Olam Haba means to us is that it matters what we do okay what Olam Haba means and the fact that Olam Haba so so is commensurate with what kind of job we're doing Okay? You can't ignore that fact. I do this mitzvahs, I guess, it's not just facilitating. It's not like the Kolochak. I work more, I get more. But it's not I work more, I get more for the work. The idea of Olam Haba, because I don't even know what I'm getting. Right? Be careful with the little ones and the big ones. Can I tell you, you have no idea what the pay is like for any of these things. So I'm not really uh, conscious of the commensurate nature of the work and the thing. And the Rambam says also, Right, you can't weigh, you don't know. One mitzvah could be worth many other mitzvahs. One of error could be worth many other of I don't know how the system works. So it's not really going to uh, function as an incentive where I do these more things and now I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get more money. I can put in overtime, I'll get double. You don't know what overtime is. You don't know how it works. Right? But you know, the one thing that you know for sure is that if I do a good job, it's going to get recognized that the decisions that I'm making and the stress that I'm undergoing and the suffering that I am willingly uh, uh, subjecting myself to in order to do the right thing, that will be recognized, it will be identified, there's going to be a response to that. Yeah, I don't know what the response is going to be, but it doesn't matter. The point is that I need to know that it'll be recognized, that I didn't put in that effort for nothing, that it's going to come a day where they're going to stand me up and the employer, the company is going to look at me and say, you're a person of value. You're someone that matters. Your decisions matter. Your work matters. The efforts you put in matter. I need that desperately. Okay? Without some sort of sense of rhythm, how about, so as much as I'm going to construct a, a, a system um, of life that's going to fulfill me, right? And I'll be able to serve Hashem b'simcha v'tuv levav, I'm a rov kol. I for sure I'm going to and I'm obligated to construct a life along those lines. But at the end of the day, I need to know for myself that there is some real meaning and significance to the things that I'm doing. 
that they mattered to someone, and ultimately that they mattered to God. That's what I need to know, and that's what Olam Haba does for us. Olam Haba is Hashem is telling us, listen, it's all going to matter. How much, how it's going to get weighed, how it's going to okay, it's best not to think about it too much, and for sure don't try to use that as an incentive, okay, because down that road lies misery and failure. But what it is, is Hashem telling you, but don't worry, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Nothing's escaping my notice. And you may not see it, and it may not be clear, but I'm watching and it matters. And if I saw you come through, I'm going to respond. Don't worry. Okay? That's a sense of personal significance in the eyes of God, of us mattering in our decisions, and efforts mattering that is absolutely necessary for us to continue. So we must, must, must be told about an Elamhabo. Okay? We must know that there is an Elamhabo and be told almost nothing else about it except don't think about it too much. Know that it's there. Know that nothing goes to waste. Okay? Know that nothing slips through the cracks. Know that Hashem's not mavater on anything. Know that it's all significant and you're being watched and valued and that you matter every tiny thing you're doing matters. That's what you need to know about Elam Haba. And that's it. And now live with that sense. Now live and construct a life that will motivate you and satisfy you now around, not around the Elam Haba idea, but with that premise in your head of your own personal significance in a real sense in the eyes of God. Okay? So the... So it, the I'm not saying this is the only way to, to relate to Olam Haba, okay? but in terms of the, of the ways that we understand you know, to relate to salaries and paychecks and being paid for work, I think this model really is a healthy uh, one. I think it's reasonable. I think it's something that we could understand. Uh, it definitely needs and deserves to be sat and, and thought about um, in that uh, context. That that's really what Olam Haba is telling you, and even and I'm talking about Ganeidin and Gehanim, because they're both the message is the same. How much do you know about Ganeidin or Gehanim? Nothing, but the, right? You don't even know what it is or how it works or what does what or what's connected to what. But you know that it's there. The significance of both is the same. Scharva Onish is one thing, right? Gehanim is just as necessary to demonstrate your importance as Ghanedin is. Because the extent that your, uh, your wrong decisions uh, don't matter, you don't matter. Right? That's another way to say that you don't matter. Which is uh, going to be as crippling uh, an idea as not rewarding you for the good things that you do. This gets into a whole different discussion of Rachamim and why Rachamim is such a terrible thing, which we're not going to have now. And I thought to offer this as a, as a, a model and a, a, a perspective on how to relate to Olam Haba and how to implement it and how to bring it into your life without it ruining your life. Okay, bring it in as a recognition that, hey, I am important. I know it sounds very self-helpy and whatever, but I'm significant. I matter. My decisions matter. My choices matter one way or the other. They're all being paid attention to. They're all being tallied up. Nothing is escaping Hashem's notice. Okay? Because I'm a significant thing in his eyes. And now let's build a life the way that he wants us to that's going to work. Okay? Now let's put that idea aside. We internalize it. And now we're going to approach life with that knowledge. We're going to now construct a life. And please God, in the next, uh, we're going to start next week in Education 2 to discuss the, what are the pillars of that life uh, that we need to create.